When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The start of another season, the start of the first trade supper in a little while. We keep saying that we're going to get into a routine of doing them once a week, but then we invariably don't follow that up. But we have just said, Phil, before we started this one, that we will get back into a routine of doing them once a week again. Yeah, well, I think once a year is a pretty impressive record <laughs> so far, isn't it? So, yeah, we should be able to manage that. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. It's myself, Dom Sean, Phil Talentire, Anthony Vickers is away. He's back for the trip to Luton on Friday night, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit, uh, Phil, but... First of all, we'll look back at the summer. Um, I think it's the first press co- first uh, podcast we've done, sorry, since Woodgate's unveiling. A fair bit's happened since then. Two signings, three signings, sorry, if you if you count Thomas Mejias and a few friendlies. Uh, you went to Austria, I went to Heidenheim, but I played well at Salford. And then I thought they were impressive against San Etienne on Sunday. I thought that was the first time um, against, a decent, against a decent team. They played Newcastle on Saturday, yeah. it? It'd be nice to see them. Give Newcastle a good hard in there at St James's Park. That'll be a, that'll be an occasion of celebration. That at St James's, won't I've, it? I've just noticed the, uh, out the red carpet for Steve Bruce. Yeah, imagine. I've just noticed that um, apparently that aren't tickets ten pound in advance, but twenty pound on the day. Oh, I'd seen that. So double, double yeah, the double price. the price. So yeah. that's going to, as, as one fan said, that's going to attract them in. But uh, yeah, that should be interesting. No, I think um, I took a lot from the St at the end performance actually because. All right, I know it's a friendly, uh, and I know you know you really don't truly judge a team until it gets competitive, do you? But they're a decent side. Technically, they were good, and there were a couple of moments when I thought they might catch Burr out on the break. But ultimately, it was a really sound performance. Um, you know, there's still some positions to fill, as we know, uh, but you know there are plenty of positives to take out this summer. You know. We, a lot of people talking about Hayden Coulson and he's done well, and Patrick Redding, he's done well. Um, you know, and then we've seen you know someone like Lewis Wing. As soon as he's come back into the team, for me, he's made an impact. I thought he was good against San at the end. You know, he's made goal, a difference. Yeah, he did. He, he looks like now a mature senior pro, mm. which when you think he's only what three years into his professional career, it's a really impressive thing to to, to say. And he's still very 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 young in terms of match experience, if not years. Um, you know, it's. The big question is always going to be how Jonathan Woodgate, you know, adapted from from being a coach to a manager, and I think we I think we both agree that he kind of laid down a marker at his press conference, didn't he? He sat there, he was very confident. He even had a joke at the chairman's expense. He got tucked into those press lads who turned up five minutes late and said, you know, if you if you're late for my press conferences, you'll you won't you won't you won't you know I won't wait for you. I'll start without you. And he was was he right on time? On he was right on time, I believe. Yeah, he had yeah. to be, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, after what he said, rocked up at five yeah. past four. Yeah, he was he was he was, he was as uh, punctual as I talk Karanka used to be. Um, so I think all those signs, you know, and he sat down. He sat down, which was, was very refreshing. It was it? very refreshing. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, my arm had been the dictaphone had beat your arm. Thankfully, he used to be able to put it on a desk. If not, the lactic acid would be laced yeah. through your arms if you're holding it up for Pulis for those. I mean, you've got, for those two minutes we used to get with him on a Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's gone from it's all, it's it's it, the, the change is phenomenal, isn't it? You've gone from a young manager starting out, you know, thirty nine, um, relatively inexperienced coach, even Woody would, you know, he'd have to say. Um, you know, 
we've got that from you know a manager in his sixties, very set in his ways, very experienced. You would have to say successful, you know, a qualified success at most places he's been. Uh, you can't deny he did a good job at Crystal Palace and at um, at Stoke, for example. Um, but but it felt like you know that in some respects it felt like old ideas being regurgitated. You know, you know. I don't think we we ever saw without revisiting the Pulis. Though I don't think we ever saw a, tr- a true Tony Pulis team. Not the team that I would associate with tr- Tony Pulis. It was a fudge. It was neither not you know. It was neither fish nor fowl. It was neither direct or you know, um, potent. At one end, and it, uh, although defensively it was pretty good, I think with Woody, what we're getting is now a completely different focus. You know, I mean, you were, you were at the press conference as I was, and he's tried, hasn't he? Every time he's spoken about to to ex, you know to stress that it's it's all about the way, the way his team plays. It's about playing on the front foot, high press. Although he does say he's kind of said the last couple of weeks. You know, I'll play it out from the back when I can. People seem to be getting obsessed about that. I mean, I don't know how you see it, but the the big question is how you how 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 that transmits into live matches, into competitive yeah, matches. I, I think the thing the thing that struck me was um, although he's making a change, he's making changes that the players will embrace. The players. So, for example, a lot was made about the fact that the balls were out on day three of pre season, where he said. You know that's what they want to do. They yeah. want to they want to play with the balls. So it's although it's something new, it's something that was always going to be yeah. welcomed by by the players. And and I think the same with with the kind of style of football he's wanting to play. Um, I think it also makes a, it also helps that his coaching team want to play exactly the same way. I was talking to Rob Law from um, BBC Tees this week, and he was pitch side for the San Etienne game, and he said the thing that struck me was how how vocal and hands-on Robbie Keane was. Because it, it struck me that, that Leo play, maybe took a bit of a step back compared to what he used to be like. I mean, that might change if you get a referee making a decision that <laughs> yeah. he's not best pleased with. But he, he was certainly not, not at the forefront of things like he was at times under Karanka. But he, he, um, Rob said with Keane, he, he, he was straight out, made it absolutely clear what his point was, the example he'd... He was me, and I'm sure Rob won't mind me saying is um, Marcus Tavernier had collected the ball and once on, on attack and it hadn't quite worked out. So then um, Keenan made the point to you know collect the ball already on the front foot and then you're already kind of away and moving forward. And sure enough, the next time Tav collected the ball, it resulted in a chance or a shot on goal. I said the same with Adam Clayton. And I think, you know, Tony Pulis often, it struck me that you know, I think it was his first press conference after the, the whatever game it was. Villa at home, was it? Not the Bolton game, but the yeah, first game yeah, he was in charge. Yeah, one of the defeat, wasn't it? Yeah, and he'd said, I, I want my midfielders to move forward. The problem was, his midfielders were moving, even if his midfielders were moving forward with the ball, where did they go? Yeah. Where's the target? You know, who, who, who were they actually giving the ball to? And I think the, the thing that struck me this year is you're going to have, if Clayton's getting the ball, for example, He's going to have two midfielders in front of him, three forwards in front of him, and, and the likely it is two, two full-backs in front of him as well. I mean, for the, for the attacking players, for the likes of Britta Sambalonga, it must be a breath of fresh air to be part of this team after, after 18 months. And again, you know, Pulis's way has been successful, so who are we to say there's a right and a wrong way of doing things? I just think, 
this season, from the fans' point of view and from the players' point of view, it'll be a lot more enjoyable. I think there's, I think you know, we could, we could, as we say, we could pick, pick plenty of faults in, 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 in the very short, purely era that it turned out to be. I think that I think the important point, building on what you've just said there, is that I think Woody wants to empower the players to take away. The, the, you know the fear that if you make a mistake doing something positive he isn't going to chew you up about it you know you're not going to get chewed out for for trying something that's going to potentially you know that if it'd come off it would have led to a goal scoring opportunity um i think a lot of a lot of around you know whether or not you like tony Pulis's football or not it felt like the old way you know we saw teams succeed last season and woody made that point i thought was one of the most important points he made in his original his first press conference as, as head coach was you know the way t- the teams the teams that have succeeded have been playing a certain type of way. You know he, he name checked Villa didn't he and, and Leeds and 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 um, Norwich and teams playing on the front foot and looking to attack. And I think I think too much about the Pulis era was what players couldn't do. You know the, the, you had had a situation where basically for his first six months in charge it was get the ball to Adama and go forward that way. And that was there was plan A and there was no plan B plan C. That was it. It was get to the ball. We all heard the shouts from the touchline, didn't we? It hit Adama, hit Adama, um, and that t- that tells you that he only really trusted Adama to to make the break th- breakthrough. Um, you know, I, you you can't you can't help but think that, as you say, the players must be excited about you know the way they're going to play this season and and the fact that you know we've already seen you know whoever's playing up front. Being supported, I know it sounds really daft, but how often last season did we see, you know, you know, poor Jordan Hugel, literally the only man in the final forty yards of the pitch, just trying to hold the ball up, surrounded by five or six opposing players, waiting an absolute age. I forget which match it was. I think we all we've all referenced it. Where he just that, crossed it. Yeah, yeah, he had the ball on the right hand side, didn't he? And there was literally nobody to hit, and that 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 doesn't happen by accident. That is because the players have been presumably told to play a certain way and a certain tactic, and the lack of the lack of. I know this is what I'm going to be interested to see as well. You know, and Woody said it himself. It's all right talking. It's about how you do in the competitive matches. I want to see how Borough play against teams that we in 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 brackets expect to beat at the Riverside. So last season, Millwall came at the Riverside. They've been struggling. And within 20 minutes, they felt they had a chance of getting the result against Borough when they should have had no right to expect that because Borough just sat back and was so timid, weren't they? Mm. In a similar fixture this season, I'd be interested to see how Borough play. I felt the same with Strachan very much that he kind of killed the crowd in the first 15, 20 minutes at the Riverside. You'd see the ball get bogged down. Attendances weren't that great to start with. And, and you knew after 20 minutes, you were in for a, a pretty dour 90 minutes. So, you know, I mean... I, I think, ultimately, you know, what he says, you'd be judged on results. And I, I don't think, if I'm being honest, I don't think anybody really can honestly accurately assess where this team may finish. No, it was interesting, I thought, he said it a couple of times, where um, he's almost kind of asked the question of himself, where he's saying, you know, this is the way I want to play. Uh, and he's asked the question of himself, you know, if I, if I continue to be brave, I think he knows there'll come a time this season when... You know, results aren't going to plan because every team has a bad spell, regardless of where you are in the division. And if you lose two or three games and you've got, I don't know, say Derby away, well, are you are you bold enough then to go there and, and to still think right, we're gonna we're gonna go for this? But then equally, you know, he's already admitted that there needs to be a balance struck. It's not going to be gung ho. I think that's been the most difficult thing to assess in the summer. In that, 
Borough have looked shaky at the back. At Heidenheim, they were dreadful. At Salford, they had a 10-15 minute spell after falling behind when they looked very, very questionable. But but we haven't seen anywhere near the first choice back line. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna name the, the defence now, Randolph's gonna be in goal. Well, he hasn't played since Gateshead. Right back, Housen or whoever comes in. Yeah. Centre halves. Dale's going to be your first choice, isn't he? And it then looks like it. Have been inclined to go George alongside him. Danny and George. Danny or, or George, yeah. Um, I think Danny will start. Do you? Yeah. So yeah, first choice. Because I, I, I think Friend is likely to play. Yeah. And I just think Coulson has looked that impressive. Plus, the, plus they've brought Bowler in. I think they're like the talking generally here rather than back. I'm talking generally here rather than 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 Luke. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but in any case, he hasn't been able to name no, anything like no. his back choice, his first choice. You could argue, five. you could argue that there could be four or five regulars next season who have barely kicked a ball for yeah, yeah. this season. Yeah, you know. I think it's interesting looking at the team at Luton because if you were picking now, he says he knows his team. He told you he knows he's starting eleven. Yeah. Howson will start. Ayala will start. Wing will start, a Sambalonga will start. Shotton? Well, well then, yeah, I mean, I think the question marks are Shotton or Friend, I mean, I, I mean, it'd be a gamble to put George in. I think so, after, after, yeah. after having no, well, a little bit of football for the 23s. Everything suggests he's going to play Colson over yeah. Bowler. I would have um, thought George would have had 20 minutes against Sanet again if he was going to play this, yeah. you know, this week. But yeah. then again, what do we know? Um, I'd had a chat with him beforehand, and he said he was, he said, yeah. you know, he was fine, that he's going to be fine for, for Luton, so... Them on, they'll know. I think it's two out of the three of Clayton, Savile, and McNair. I'd go. I think he'll go Clayton and McNair. Clayton, I mean, McNair, wing, Asombalonga, Brown off one side, and then off the other side, you're looking at Fletcher, Tav, or Johnson. I think jo- Johnson's got a chance. I think Johnson's, from what I've seen, Johnson's looked the best in pre-season, yeah. but I think he's least likely to start. Well, well he's an interesting one for you. I mean, just first of all, just as just as an attempt. As, at a tangent to what you've just said, I'm not sure I've seen enough yet from Savlin McNair. Not saying the one. Oh, I'm not saying the one feature. <laughs> no, but I, 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 I haven't been particularly I, impressed with I, that. I, I, I haven't caught the eye as yet in pre-season. Um, who knows? The, you know, you know the fact that we haven't still seen a huge amount of McNair, have we? No. But, but the other thing was, but, but start, played without Clayton at Heidenheim and they missed him. Yeah, because they, yeah. they just got. Yeah. And interestingly, yeah, Woody's tried a few different options in that sort of yeah. central holding midfield position. I think, I think the other curious thing is is that the players that we maybe were bigging up as the likely ones to really fly this summer under the Woody's plan to play the kids, if you want to put it like that, haven't necessarily been the ones that have emerged. So we thought probably Jed Spence would have a great chance to nail down right back. Mm. I don't think that's happened. I don't think Tab would, if he's pan on heart, has really ripped it up so far. Um, and they're the kind of two that I was particularly expecting to break through. Conor Malley is another one who's been talked about a lot. Yeah. The problem is there. There's that many... Exactly. It's such a busy... Them, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I, I know they've got huge hopes for, for people like Coulson and McNally. Sorry, Malley. I'm going to call him McNally there. And Malley. Coulson's a surprise, really. I mean, he went on loan to St. Mary last year. Didn't didn't work for him. I think I'm right in saying St. Mary changed the manager pretty early doors and obviously it didn't work out. But, I mean, he, he looks ready. Well, it's interesting that Woody said uh, when he spoke about him again uh, at his press conference, he's going places, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he, did, he did stress um, a couple of times, it's about what you do when the action starts for real. And I, th- I think there's a lot in that. I think we've seen over the years lots of younger players catching the eye in pre-season. 
and then either haven't been lucky enough to get the opportunity or maybe it's when they've got the opportunity it's been just a little bit too much too soon. Um, I mean, Woody himself, of course, was given the opportunity at 18, was playing for England at 19, uh, but then he's an exception because he was, a, in my view, a world-class defender at, yeah. his, at, his, at his best. Um, and it's interesting, yesterday also he talked about, you know, people are getting hung up on the, the idea of the kids playing and he's pleased about that. But he also made stressed when he was asked about, you know, does the situation compare to what you had at Leeds when that generation came through under O'Leary? And he said, you can't compare the two. He's made the point that you can't compare the generation, the Harry Kewles who came through at that time and, and himself and Paul Robinson. You know, you had, you had five or six players coming through at Leeds, a bit like he did with Man United under the, the Beckham era, that became full-time senior pros at a high level and went on a, quite a lot of them went on to play for the countries I don't think anyone's saying that this current crop of Borough youngsters is is exceptional what we're saying is they're good players who if they're given a chance could emerge as decent first team professionals and, and any club would be pleased with that scenario what, what's a good season for Borough this year because well, what Gate said yesterday I think we'll be successful what, 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 what is successful this season I think it's really difficult I mean I'd We've just done our prediction. I did a prediction for, for, for one of our group um, pre season previews, and I totally put Burr in one of my three promoted. Probably the reason I didn't was because I tipped them every year, <laughs> and Burr have won promotion <laughs> once out of ten seasons. Look how that worked out. So but I thought, I think most fans have. You spoke to a Borough fan in the pub, heart to heart. You know, do you think Borough are going to finish in the top three, either automatic or win through the playoffs? I think most would probably say it'd be a stretch. Because of what we've seen, the team fell short last season. We still don't know who's coming in yet. There's three or four signings still to make, so we might have a better, better chance of making an educated guess a week's time when the window closes. I think the successful season would be, first of all, to play the brand of football the fans have been crying out for. Now, no one's going to say that we're going to play, you know, like like Barcelona at the peak. But what they just want to see, as Woody described it, a team having a go at the play. He said, he goals. He said in his yeah. there was just no goals. he said, he said, he said, he's a Borough fan. He said, he said, if Borough fans see a team giving everything for the shirt, leaving everything out there on the pitch, giving their all, putting everything in, they'll 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 they'll, they'll, have, they'll, have, they'll take that. And I think he's right. I think that. I think what they want to see is a team having a go. And I mentioned the Millwall game before, and there were other examples last season where Borough were just ridiculously tentative. For a team that was trumpeted as potential prom- automatic promotion favourites, weren't they? They looked scared of themselves. Yeah, they looked, and and, and the, the, you could see the confidence dripping away as the season went on. And um, that's maybe just because there was too much focus on what those players couldn't do instead of what they could do. I, I, would, I, would, say, I would say, just to, just to answer your question, I think if the football's good at home particularly... Um, we get a few standout wins, but really, you know, the, the get people coming out the Riverside absolutely buzzing. You know, the noise in the underpass is great because everyone's buzzing about the performance. And I think if Borough can finish, would you say top eight, top ten? Yeah. Would, that- I mean, I think what I think what's interesting. You you touched on it before about, you know, this, this, when Borough hits a bad patch. What we don't know is how the fans will react. We, I, I couldn't predict it and I don't think anyone can we, we think that a lot of fans have bought into what Woody wants to do but there will be those fans out there who weren't happy about the appointment in the first place there's always a section of fans who who are going to get frustrated at home home performances that aren't, aren't as good as you expect and I understand that we all pay our you know they pay the money and they just you know they, they have a right to that opinion um, if if the fans stay behind the team when they have a blip 
then I think it could be, you know, if they get on the case of the players that might, you know, when they're trying different things and they're trying to be trying to be adventurous and they go within themselves and they go in their own shell a little bit, then it's that would be a worry. But I think it's certainly possible for Brute to have a dip at the top six. I, th- I think in terms of, I know this is the cop-out, but in terms of the league prediction, it's just so impossible to say because you'd look at the team and think, you know, well, they're a bit short there and they haven't got the depth there. But then you would have said the same about Norwich and Sheffield United yeah. and other teams yeah. that were knocking on the door. I think the key thing this year is the, the direction because if you look at the last couple of seasons, Monk, obviously everyone knew what, what the plan was. To, to, to storm the division and they backed it up with the transfer uh, with, with the signings they'd made but week to week you couldn't tap into what Monk was trying no, to do no. now with Pulis you could but it was so short term yeah, wasn't it because yeah. there was no way that fans were going to invest in another no. season of that genuinely you know close mates of mine it, it, were, it were diehard fans go home and away and I know some who didn't want Borough to go up at risk of Purely yeah. staying and seeing yeah. another season of that, but you know, you know, when you're paying that much money to to leave the game so bored and so frustrated, you can understand, you know, kind of the, the the that line of thinking. I think this season you looked at Norwich and did they finish sixteenth the season before last? I think it was fifteen, sixteen, something like that. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that. I think it was fifteenth, late to fourteenth. Yeah, I'm not saying fifteenth like to sixteenth would be a good season, but I think this year. A couple, of, a couple of new signings made. If they play the right way and the right noises come out of the club, which I think they have been since, mm. I think um, Woodgate has, you know, we talked there about a lot of the fans who were, who were unsure about his appointment. I think he changed the mind of a lot of fans mm. with, with that kind of unveiling and with his first press conference. There's a massive spider in the corner there. <laughs> it's a new office as well. You didn't get that upstairs. Um, yeah, I think he changed the mind of a lot of fans. And I think if, if the right noises continue to come out, and, and I think the, the key is to give the fans something to tap into. So, you know, really, Borough's, Borough's target when they've, when they've tried to win promotion in recent seasons has always been a here and now, even with Italka Rankin, yeah. you know, it was, a, it, was a, the, it was a kind of a short-term target. I think the difference this year is it might be a mid... You know, they might be looking at mm. things not as a long-term goal, but mid-term goals and kind of working towards that. I think if fans can see that... It's easy to tap into, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I get the feeling at the moment that everybody connected with Borough at, at a coaching, managerial, and executive level are all on the same page. Yeah. So, you know, we know we have we know we've got a chairman who isn't going to panic if Borough have three defeats on the spin in November. He's you know he's invested in Woody. He's 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 he's, he's backing him up. You know, in terms of, um, you know, he, it was his choice. He stuck his neck on the line to to, to appoint him. And, and and I'm sure, barring an absolute disaster, we'll get this season no matter what, and um, and and we'll find out. You know, it's all as you say. Everything's about short termism in you know in football. Look at Nottingham Forest last season. They went through Karanka. They went got uh, Martin O'Neill's out. Nearly called him Gary O'Neill. <laughs> um, you know, you can't you can't build a club. When, when you know, and Borough had that problem as well. You know, they, they have jerked from one start style of a manager to another. You know, you had the the Karanka Agnew. Um, Monk, um, Pulis, you know, four season, four four managers in the best. What was it in no time? It's very unborough that. It is it? very unborough, and they've been good at being. You know, the stability's been there in the past, and and not not only was that unborough. I think some of the I, I did, Gary Monk didn't feel like the right fit for Middlesbrough. Um, Tony Pulis 
you felt he was coming in and doing a short term job, didn't you? You know. I mean, at the, this, this we were curious because at the start, I thought he well, he did get the area. He got the area. He got I think what he did, the people yeah. were about yeah. him. The things he was saying at the start. But there were some things he was saying towards the end of his tenure where you, you honestly thought he was trolling the fans. Yeah, yeah, he was, <laughs> you know, he, he, he was a strange one. And I, I, that's why I think Burrow need to get back to, to get their identity back and, and know what they are. And I think, you know, I've just been writing a piece talking about, you know, Borough really, from, from the start of Steve Gibson's chairmanship, were a spend to succeed um, type of club, you know, they knew they had to spend over the odds to get players in because we're not sexy, we're not Man United, we're not Liverpool, um, and that that model, it ultimately um, led to a huge amount of relative success. You know, you look around the the boardroom at Borough and there's pictures from Eindhoven and there's pictures from Wembley. There's Nigel Pearson leading the tag team out. There's pictures from Cardiff and. And when you compare that short period to the rest of Borough's history, it's it's you know it's incredible really what they achieved. But the games moved on. The games moved on so much, even from just two thousand and six. We're seeing now the different type of owners that have come into football. The amount of money that's floating around in football, and 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 Borough will never be able to compete at the top table financially anymore unless we get a you know we get a, you know some like Man City's owners. So there has to be a different model, and I think you look at the success again, relative su- success of a of, of a Bournemouth, of a Watford, of a of a Norwich, even of of, of clubs that you know either borough size or even smaller in some respects. A Burnley, a definitely smaller club in terms of size of town, if not uh, trophies, um, and you you see those clubs, their model works, and it, it's you know it's not perfect. I'm not saying their models are you know. Ideal, but they they found a they found a way of competing, punching above their weight, and staying in the Premier League, and that's something Burr haven't been able to do since the two thousand and what two thousand and nine, following relegation, and so I think this new model Borough, if you want to call it that, is going to take time to 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 to, to bed in. You know, we as journalists are going to have to get used to the idea that Burr aren't going to be throwing money around willy nilly. I think the fans are going to have to get used to that we're not going to. And I think this, the, you know, I think the fans are sick of seeing players coming in for big money that just aren't delivering the goods. Well, on that subject, we spoke to Marcus Brown after the game against um, uh, San Etienne last week, and I know, you know, players can can trot out the, the the same old lines when they sign, and you have to be kind of careful to to get overly excited and to tap into it too much. But he he, he struck me as a as a very genuine lad, and and I, and, the, and the thing that struck me more than anything was. There's a 21-year-old kid who's got loads of options. He's been at West Ham since he was seven. So first of all, that take you know that's a that's a mature step, a mm. big step to leave the club that you've supported in the area you live. Um, I know it's League One, but he could have gone to Oxford down the road where he'd been in his comfort zone. He was last year. He said he had loads of 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 offers to come to Middlesbrough. You know that that is completely out of his comfort zone. You heard Pulis, for example, last year talking about George Savile and how it's such a big step for a young lad. Kind of who's been used to living in the capital and moving yeah. up to the to the northeast. And Brown talked about um, you know going out for a coffee in Yarm on the Saturday and being struck by the welcome. And I think that that is probably more promising than what he was saying about tapping into the football side of things. Yeah. Because if you keep him happy off the pitch, then you know with everything we're hearing from Woodgate and, and the fact he's going to cater for these attacking players, then you would hope you're going to get the best out of him on it. I do think. You know, with a couple of signings they've made so far, it does tap into what what um, 
they were saying what even what Pulis was saying last year about signing players for that genuinely want to be here for the right reasons. Martin Braithwaite is the classic example. Yeah, of how things go tits up, isn't it? Yeah, and when yeah. You, you know, when you sign a player like that, and I could tell what Woodgate was trying to do at the start of the summer when he was talking about how you know he's he's got a key role to play, but I do feel like he's got away with it a little. Braithwaite having yeah having you know having left, but there's, you know I mean you've seen his tweet last week. Yeah. I think it's just the lack of sort of awareness, self awareness. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you touch on you touch on the Brown signing, and um, it's really you compare and compare that to it's a very similar play in terms of age and, and, and record as a play stats as a as a Fletcher when he arrived. The difference I, is, and the difference is the, the transfer fee. Oh, I mean, Fletcher's and, been and, a victim and, of that, and, fee and also Marvin Johnson as well. You know, Borough were looking to make those kind of signings to an extent a couple of years ago, but because they were seen as a club that can afford to pay fifteen million pound for British Samba longer, you know, and nine million pound for Martin Braithwaite, the, the 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 price tag was just phenomenal. I can't believe that, you know, um, I don't know how much exactly how much Borough played for Brown. I don't think it's it's less than a million, isn't it? Certainly, oh, the, the suggestions from West Ham. Were, you know, so Sam Minkasol who covers West Ham for Football London, I think he'd reported it was two or three hundred thousand. And, so and you the look at that twenty times. Yeah. you know, why the hell have we let him go for that? Yeah, price? and you you think you know it's it's cost you know you know Fletcher cost twenty times more. That's not Fletcher's fault. He didn't set the transfer. And he has seat. been a victim of that. Yeah, he's been a huge victim, and I think everyone would accept that Borough overpaid. Um, you know, and whether he's a good player or he's not a good player, you know, he, he he can't dictate what his transfer fee is, um, and he might co- he might come good this season. There were signs last season that he was you know starting to come to terms with playing for Middlesbrough. Uh, I just think I just think everything about uh, everything about the way Borough's going, and I'm saying this obviously before we're balls being kicked in anger. You know, feels just... feels right. It just feels right. It feels right that Borough aren't paying. You know, bringing in players who don't want to be here for nine million pound, you know, and 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 paying, paying seven million pounds for twenty-one year old players who've 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 scored what was it seven or eight goals in for Barnsley, you know, I think this you know if you bring in players who are on the up, we've seen you know Bristol City time and again, Brentford time and again, bringing in players who yeah, are young and hungry and making someone. and making if they have to leave they make a fortune. We and we as as football fans shouldn't get too angry if a player comes and does really well for us for two or three years, whether you're a you know Borough fan or a Brentford fan or whatever, and he's sold on at a big profit because then you think okay we've got we've got three good years out of that player and yeah if he goes on and does really well for Man United well good luck to him we'll get the next Marcus Brown or whoever it happens to be and we'll get him again we'll get him for five hundred thousand pound or a, or a. You know, and hopefully by then anyway, Borough in the Premier League and can compete at a slightly different level. But. You mentioned Fletcher there. If, if you're the type to, to buy into uh, squad numbers and read into them, which I am, uh, <laughs> Fletcher has moved from 18, I think it is, to, to 11. The thing that struck me, I like the idea of Dale Fry as a six. Yeah. He looks like a six. He's a it? six all day long. A commanding defender who can step out of the yeah, defence. Yeah, yeah. That's got six out. written all yeah. over it, that. Um, John Obi McKell is a two. I never liked a midfielder with a six on his back. I never oh, liked that. that. No. I don't mind it. No. For me, it's good. It's five and six all day long. When, and... I, was playing, when I was playing TGFA for Martin Hall Drive, I was a centre midfielder. And if I come across a six midfielder, 
the chances are he was a hard hit midfielder. You don't get a ball playing number six. <laughs> no, no, number ten. That's yeah, a number ten, yeah, isn't yeah. it? A number seven, possibly. Yeah. Um, Tavernier is seven mm. struck me. Again, you might you might accuse me of reading too much into things. I think that's a big pat on the back for Tav. You know, seven. That that is. There's no doubt that that is. That is an indication to say, look, you, you are a big part of my plans. I think you? he is. I think I think I think uh, if you said to Woody now, will Tab be involved next season? A lot, he'd say, yeah, I, th- I hope so. It's I, a big season for yeah, him, isn't it? I think it is. I think it is. He's it's, it's gone from being kind of the player on the fringes who's been coming off the bench a lot. I mean, he was involved in more games than people would probably realised last season. Uh, when you look but at the no stats, nowhere near as many as he should have been. At no, the back probably end not. Of the no, and, 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 and you, you think when Borough were crying out for width and pace. Particularly down the left, just just so give him different. a go. Yeah, you give him a go. And I think I think the difference is now that you know if he starts a few games on the bounce, and it's a difficult position out there wide. You know, you know yourself, it, wide players at all levels find it hard because of the first. You know, it, it's one of the hardest positions to be consistently successful in. It won't be easy, but you know he's never never going to get a better opportunity to play regular championship football if he catches the eye. Obviously, we've got to see more transfers coming in. Yeah, I was going to touch on that. What, what do we? I mean, this has been recorded Thursday afternoon, early Thursday afternoon, so there might well have been some movement by the time this goes out. But a full back with the, you know a cover at right back still needed. Yeah. They still look short in attacking midfield. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And and a centre forward. I mean, you'd think you know if Britt was to get injured. That's the worry, isn't it? In, in the first couple of weeks of the season, yeah. they're left with Gusted and on Fletcher. I think I think the the really successful teams tend to be in the championship the ones that have got some real creativity in in the middle of the pitch, and that's not to sort of you know discredit the players that Borough do have, but none of them would be regarded as kind of your your um your your your, your old fashioned sort of um, creative central midfielder that can you know score goals and create goals. Um, definitely, obviously, Borough have been strongly linked with um, Anthony Dyke Steele and. Lee Boy's confirmed Borough have made bids. Uh, you'd think that if they sign him, he'll be the right back or a player of, of similar quality. Um, I know they are wanting to strengthen up front and, as you say, uh, a creative midfielder. And uh, I think of all those positions that need filling, for me, you, you need some more, some, something else, that another X factor in midfield. I mean, obviously, yeah. we don't know how Marcus what, Brown's. What, what do you think the least important is there, right back? It's a good question. Yeah, I think it is in this day. I think if 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 if, if, if Borough haven't just had, need, they can't leave well, themselves short. The thing, the, thing, the thing is, if they don't get a new right back and don't get a new wide midfielder for the right side of the pitch, which we know Borough want, um, then that's that that that's two key areas that have just have gone unaddressed, isn't it? You know, who's going to play wide right? I say it's probably is that part of that front three, and who's going to play it right back? And uh, it's asking a lot of Johnny Housen to be the full-time right-back all season. Um, and it, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, you, you were at the press conference on um, Wednesday. He, he was adamant that Britt and Randolph would be going nowhere. Yeah, yeah, he kind of said, you know, um, he kind of erred between very confident and 100%. Uh, that'll and, do. And that'll <laughs> do what, yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think the difficulty is when you ask a manager that question, a head coach that question, every player at every level now has his price. You know, and if Borough got a really, really serious offer for Darren Randolph, and knew they were able to bring in backup, then that they'd probably do the deal because that's the that's the financial reality of football at every level. 
you know, you know, you know, if when Man United couldn't keep Ronaldo when they were winning titles left, right, and centre, um, so you know the top clubs struggled to keep players. You know, I think that's the new financial reality. You know, I think with Brit you'd have to have, wouldn't you, an absolute nailed-on replacement, at least one nailed-on replacement because. Goals are everything in football, as we as we know, and um, he'll get goals if he can stay fit in the championship. He'll surely get twenty goals next season if he stays fit and plays every game. Right, we'll, we'll go for predictions. I'm writing these oh, down geez. as I go. Um, I, we didn't even discuss this before, and did we? So no, this genuinely is going free form. Yeah, podcasting. We'll, we'll go Borough first, so I, I'll just rattle. I'll, we'll make this quick fire, so I'll just rattle a few things at you and. And we'll both go. I'll write them down as well. Yeah, go um, on then. And I'll get I'll get Vicks on the way to Luton tomorrow, so we can write them down as well. Top scorer, Brit. Yeah, I'll go with Brit too. So that's Brit times two. Play, player of the season. Well, that's really tough. That because I'm going to go Dale. I'm going to go Brit again because if he scores twenty goals, he'll be player of the season for me. Yeah, I've gone Dale there, but really, you want it to be an attacking player. Don't you? I've gone with. You it can't now. go back now. No, There's no coming back. Uh, surprise. Only take your first answer. <laughs> <laughs> surprise of the season. I'm on. You go first. I don't know Surprise of the season. Well, would would um, see? It's it's thinking who gonna who's gonna play enough games to be the surprise of the season. Um, all right. I don't want to be here all day, so I'll say Hayden Kilson. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Okay. You can say it as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you've gone Coulson. Um I'll tell you what, I'm going to come back to that because I want to say something different, but yeah. I genuinely can't think of one on yeah. the spot. So we'll go with the, with the three promoted teams. Who did you say in the preview you did this God, week? I can't remember. I think, going on about how difficult it is to predict whether Burrow get promoted or not, it's hard, difficult to pick the promoted teams. Just off the top of my head, I think I went for Leeds. Um, I think I went for West Brom. God, who was the third team? Um, I don't, I th- I've got a funny feeling Fulham won't do it this time. Yeah, you didn't say Fulham. No, I don't fancy Fulham. I don't think I'm not sure of Scott Parker. I'm just I don't know why that I don't fancy Scott Parker as manager. But also I think they've got a very overloaded squad and that'd be difficult to keep them satisfied whether they'll be motivated for another championship season. I can't remember who the third team was off the top of my head. I've gone Cardiff. Uh, I think Warnock I think they've got a good strong squad there and you know the no hours. Last season, isn't it? Yeah. West Brom. Yeah. And I think West Brom should have enough. I've written Brentford down it. See, and I don't really know why. Bristol City. Yeah, no, I, I do like the look of. Bristol you know, City I would like to see. I would like. I like Lee Johnson. I'd like to see if you know. Obviously, won't Burnley go? Of course, we do. But if if Bristol City, one of the three teams that go up, I'd be pleased to see that because they've got a project. That you know, they spent money on the ground. They seem to be doing things step by step rather than you know trying to, you know, um, you know, um, let's just just say you know. We've seen the financial fair play issues, haven't we? And they seem to be trying to do things the right way, let's just say it like that. So I'd like to say Bristol City. I don't think I tipped them mind. I think Leeds are an interesting one because they should. You know, they've obviously got the experience of last season. Bielsa's a year better off of championship knowledge. They've strengthened the squad. But then you just, you just wonder whether the weight of expectation will be yeah. too much for them this yeah. season. They dropped off badly at the end of last season, didn't they? And I think that was... I think two two things I noticed about them last season was the phenomenal amount of injuries, and I think that by the way, credit to Borough for the for the way they seem to keep most of the players on the pitch, and they have done over the last few seasons. Um, and Leeds injury records, but and they seem to need five chances to score a goal, 
Um, and they're not the greatest at the back either. And particularly with losing Pontus Janssen. Um, He's got the Brentford, that's a funny sign. Yeah, it's a strange sign. I noticed they've got money for Peacock Farrell. Um, lad who was at Borough, wasn't he? Yeah, Darlow Bourne, isn't he? Yeah. So, Borough, Borough I'm, going, I'm going for a fifth to eighth place finish for Borough this yeah, season. Yeah, that I, I, think, I think, you know, if, if they get a couple of extra players in in the next week, if they keep Randolph and Asombolonga, and if they keep those players fit... I still think that's a that's a strong team, and I think yeah. they're going to tap into what Woodgate wants through. And I still think they'll be they'll be there and thereabouts in the mix. I think the top two might be a bit much to ask. Well, well I, think, I think I think if you if 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 you were had a Sheffield United podcast this time last year or a Cardiff City one a couple of years ago before the they would have sat there thinking I can't see how we're getting promoted out of this division. I know we had a good season, like Sheffield fans have been saying. I know we had a good season in our first season back up, but that's going to take some matching. Automatic promotion. Cardiff were nowhere the season before they went up, weren't they? No, so, exactly. so, you know, the, there seems to be a team that comes through. I mean, I can't help thinking that Burham being less than the sum of the parts since relegation. I agree. You know, the, that, you know, we all get on the, you know, we all criticise certain players. You know, and maybe we get hung up on players, and you know, you see teams that are made up of unheralded players. Doing so well, Sheffield United being the case in point. You know, if Borough had gone out and signed half of Sheffield United's team at the start of last season, nobody would have sat there thinking, well, that's it, we've nailed promotion. <laughs> because they're just hard-working, honest professionals who, in the right team, can do a job. And that's all you're looking for. Surprise of the season, I've thought one, that the surprise of the season will be we'll stick to our promise of doing a tripe every week throughout <laughs> the course of the season. And if that... If that, uh, if that prediction proves right at the end of the season and we'll have done well with our gaffers our gaffers will be pleased yeah they will we'll save those predictions I said we'd do it last year but we didn't mainly because I think I looked at them and mine were that yeah. far off the mark I thought we won't bring yeah. them up again well what about the season before when surprise package in the championship and I tipped Sunderland so they're not, I know, <laughs> well, they were they're not again, yeah, they're not they just know how to get out of the second division and, and you weren't wrong yeah they, they did they got yeah. out of the division relegation what are we saying are we, I'm going to go Hull Birmingham Millwall and that's just yeah. completely off yeah, the cuff. Probably, I'd struggle to disagree with that. Certainly, certainly Birmingham for the reasons we can all you know that they've lost the manager, they've got problems, they've lost some good players like Shea Adams. Um, Birmingham sort of diced with it for a few years, and Hull again they've lost a manager who, while I'm not a fan of him, he did a really good job last season. They're probably going to leave, lose their best players as well, aren't they? By the looks of it, um, and then it's a team like Millwall. Will Barnsley have enough to stay up? They seem to have a good good, good model. Cover. They've got a good yeah. model there as well, Barnsley. Um, yeah. Luton, you know, one of the promoted teams, they normally get a promotion bounce, don't they? Yeah, I think Luton are a great one. No, and I'd, I'd quite like to see them stay up. I just hope they get off to a stick. Well, as I'm not going to take off Kenilworth Road this weekend, I'll have to hope to stay up for next season so I can get that one under my belt. Indeed. Well, thanks, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, please do follow us, our coverage on Friday night from Kenilworth Road. We'll have the live blog as usual. Obviously, if you're watching along on Sky, then you can follow along as per, and we'll bring you all the reaction over the course of the weekend. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Phil. Cheers, mate.